The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Karaya, and this is the final show of 2023. Are you ready for the massive collapse to come in 2024, Jerry? <laughs> We've been ready, Jeremy. We've been ahead of the game. We've been ready for what's been playing out, and everything is just accelerating to be a very exciting 2024. We're not worried. We're not scared. We are prepared, and we are ready for some amazing times and topside potential ahead for precious metals. You know, if you're ready for what's coming, if you're prepared, then you're prepared to also take advantage of it. And I definitely see that we're going to be headed into some wild, crazy clown world times in 2024 but i i just wanted to start with a a post from gold telegraph u.s banks have 684 billion of unrealized losses do you wonder why the federal reserve hints at numerous rate cuts next year as inflation remains above target this speaks to the papering over of the problems and keeping the problems out of the headline news. And we don't really know what's happening behind the scenes. But when you look at the overall themes of how much money is being created by government and how much spending continues to go on, you can really connect the dots to another massive collapse headed our way, whether it's been planned or not. And this year in in gold and silver, we had a, a pretty good year, right? It was a it was a very good year, Jeremy. Uh, when we look at prices in U.S. dollars, uh, gold has a double digit gain on the year. Silver sort of flat, but things are shifting globally. We're seeing a global adoption, not just gold versus U.S. dollars. Now we're seeing gold versus every single fiat currency, and this is why we're seeing a global shift away from the West, the way of pricing gold and silver away from U.S. dollars. In gold, in 2023, gold on the Shanghai. Uh, Shanghai exchange rose 17.3% and silver rose 11.4%. So gold and silver up both double digits in those markets. And we have to remember that gold is now settling in the yuan and the London Metals Exchange is now using the Shanghai pricing. They're, They're capitulating. They're seeing the world not looking no longer to the Western prices, the Western papering over of of issues and they're looking at real solutions and the solution always involves real physical assets and resources and who has them the east 60 percent of all gold and silver activities is done in the former soviet union and china so all roads lead to the east and that's why our attention is focused on prices what's going on in in the physical delivery of the shanghai x super exciting stuff and Holding the physical is the only way. And the papering over is what we're seeing right now. The papering over of, you know, the, this euphoria of we can't wait for the, for the spending to come, the rescuing of, the, of everyone here's the helicopter money around the corner, and this big euphoria of, of all of these major banks lining up and trying to adopt this, this ETF, this uh, Bitcoin ETF that they're lining up for. If you see the companies, the the big banks that are involved in controlling this Bitcoin exposure, talking about BlackRock, Bitwise, Vanek, Invesco, Fidelity, 
these are the people that are going to be controlling this market. And whenever you hear ETF, you're, you're thinking of more derivatives, more of anything. And when you're dealing with a digital derivative, you better beware. With a physical bullion derivative, if you have the physical, that manipulation ends. And the manipulation is ending very quickly in precious metals. <clears throat> and, um, you know, freedom abounds as well as the price will abound as well. You know, Jerry, they say if you can't hold it, you don't own it. And Rafi Farber this week on, on his update through Arcadia Economics was showing that while the price of silver has risen this year, demand for the silver ETF has gone down which is not what you would expect. You would expect that as the price of silver rises, participation in the ETF would also rise, and the opposite has been the case. We knew in 2015 when we approached Questrade to have physical precious metals in registered accounts. It started with we had a vault that was IROC-approved, Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada, which meant you could hold physical gold in there within a registered account. So we sh started shopping around, we talked to Questrade, and we knew and we said to them back in 2015, people will pay to own the physical. Buying paper is cheap, but if you have paper, you don't own anything, it's an investment. That means that it can be taken away from you just like that. Exactly. If you own the physical, it can't be taken away from you. So when you see the ETF's participation falling while the price is rising, that tells me that people want the actual product. And to your point about China and this globalization of, of, of gold, some would say refinancialization of gold, and you match that as well with what's happening with the BRICS. You know, this, this month alone, we've had talking about Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates. They could all become full members of the BRICS starting this week. That, and they're all buying gold. Why? We have to ask ourselves, why do central banks that want to do business in a good way that are all making bilateral trades. Why is it that they want to have gold backing their currencies? 2023, this was a major theme this, of central banks in countries such as the BRIC nations, Brazil, Russia, India, and China, the BRICs, South Africa. They're loading up on gold. The uncertainty and volatility on the geopolitical and macroeconomic fronts has accelerated the trend of this de-dollarizing the dollarization to preserve their purchasing power of their reserves. They're seeing the time and the time is right is right right now to convert all fiat currencies and dollar denominated assets into physical monetary metals. Because as we learned as silver investors over the course of 10, 15 years, we've learned what ETFs were. We learned what counterparty risks risks were and are. And it's unfortunate that you know, people are cheering this Bitcoin ETF. It's not a good thing. This is derivative creation. This is this is creating assets based on the one asset. Who who holds it? We don't even know. And this is where the traditional portfolio thinking was wrong in the first place, is the belief that we could diversify. What is diversification? And we, we bring in the Ibbots and Associates, the study that we have, and I have it on my desk that we continually refer to. And I can share this report because it's such an important report because this is why traditional portfolio management thinking was, was wrong in the first place, to think that it was sufficient to include proxy for precious metals as an investment in the investment portfolio.
when they should not be. They're disassociated with the ownership and the performance of bullying itself. It adds more uncertainties as they expose people and portfolios to variables such as financials. Are they making money? Are they pulling out gold and silver out of the ground? What about ge geographic issues? Is the country exposed to war? Are they going on strike? <clears throat> and political risks. All of these are layered upon operational and management issues. So this is the point of holding physical gold and silver, is that they are coefficient with inflation, so they move up in times of hyperinflation, and they provide protection against systemic crises. And crises usually lead uh, as a result of liquidity problems and currency issues i'm gonna i'm gonna f say something that sounds a little kanye west a la katrina you mean ye yeah they don't want you to own gold 100 percent. they do not want you to own an asset that takes away their counterparty risk they want the ability to take away your hard-earned money through an equity where you never owned it in the first place. That is the bottom line. That is why they took away, they got people finagled into letting go of their gold in the 30s. It's why people have been told for generations now to invest, quote unquote, in stocks and chase yield. I was talking to someone yesterday, Jerry. Why is it, and I'm, I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush, why is it that advisors pull people in and out of mutual funds. When I watch these investors and all they say is, you know, if you put 10,000 into Walmart 20 years ago and this stock 20 years ago and this stock 20 years ago, you'd be up thousands of percent. All it ever took was to take a long-term approach and hold a basket of, whether it's an index, Right? Investing was not difficult, but they're told that they should be in and out and they make it a magical wizardry, wizardry. Just like the Federal Reserve, they're all the magicians of the world. They're all wizards. We should follow them. Let's all bow to them when it's not difficult. None of this is difficult. And owning a physical asset like gold and silver is not difficult. Gold is up over 400% in 20 years. Silver's up close to that in 20 years. And they're completely undervalued against the money printing. The only thing holding up the Canadian economy right now, government spending. That's going to end well. That's going to end really well. In fact, it's going to end so well that they want to put in universal basic income, which we're going to talk about in the next segment and see what their reasoning is for putting it in and what the consequences of a universal basic income could be for Canadians as if the government spending, this is a, a primer, a warm up, as if the government spending isn't bad enough. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about that in the next segment. In the meantime, if you're looking for ways to protect your wealth, protect your family, protect your retirement, gain from the coming crisis that we're heading into, think about holding physical gold and silver in a registered account. The number, 18778SILVER. The website, guildhallwealth.com. More to come on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. 
Universal Basic Income for Canadians. Jerry, an article came out yesterday in the Western Standard titled Universal Basic Income Legislation Sparks Major Debate in Canada, written by Jen Hodge Hodgson. So I'm going to read a little bit of this, and then I want to talk about some of these other articles that I've brought to the show today to compare and contrast and have this debate. She wrote, controversial plan to guarantee Canadians a free pass is officially on the table after Universal Basic Income, UBI, bill officially works its way to Parliament. The Senate has passed Bill S-233, proposed by Senator Kim Pate, is now being considered in committee, having passed a second reading earlier this year. If it passes, it will go through three readings in the House of Commons before being passed up to the gov Governor General. A committee meeting was held in October and again in November, having passed through the second reading this past April. Wall Street Silver chimed in. They wrote <clears throat> in uh, an X uh, a couple days ago, a universal basic income is now coming to Canada. Well, I would say it hasn't arrived, but it's definitely in the mail. Liberal, the Liberals believe there will be positive consequences of offering universal basic income. More government dependency by Justin Trudeau as he leads Canada towards communism. That's their quote. I didn't say that. Wall Street Silver said it. Um, it's a good she, quote. Yeah, she goes on to write, The idea has sparked a major debate in Canada, particularly since the pandemic, as some believe it is based in compassion, while others maintain it's another way for the country to go more into debt and the government to have more control over people's lives. The details of how the UBI would actually work still need to be determined, but if the bill passes through the Senate, the House of Commons, the finance minister would be compelled to design a national framework to make possible the implementation of a basic income. Now, from my understanding, Jerry, basically what they're trying, what they're looking to do is to provide over $2,000 a month to absolutely everyone or perhaps just a portion of the population. I believe it's everyone. I think it's everyone. Yeah, from what I read. Whether you're working or not, you're getting $2,000 a month. Now, <clears throat> okay, so we kind of set up what it's about. I want to quickly go through a couple of other articles. I'll try to skim through them to give some of the arguments that are being put forth for a UBI in Canada, okay? That last article said it's about compassion. So this article comes from CBC News out of Hamilton, written by Justin Chandler. It says, uh, titled, Basic Income, quote, unlocked dozens of doors for me, supporter says amid calls for a national program. And this was posted in November of this year. Basic income was life-changing for Jessica Topfer. The Cannington, Ontario resident was a student at Trent University in 2017 when then-premier Kathleen Wynne's government launched the largest basic income pilot in North, in North America in last seen in the last 50 years. That's crazy. By the way, I didn't even know that existed, that they had tried this pilot. This pilot, 4,000 people. That's right. So uh, Jessica Topfer says, I was working full-time in addition to my full-time course load. So I was under a lot of stress. My mental health was not great. My social relationships were also not great, Topher said. That first $714 check made a huge difference to me. It was enough to cover rent and help with some essentials. Soon, Topher was able to work fewer hours 
at her part-time job. She could focus on school and look for work in a field that was too precarious for her to take on before. She says, it was a single key that unlocked dozens upon dozens of doors for me in terms of education and employment. As the Senate considers a bill that would, work, that would require the creation of a national framework, supporters in Ontario say stories of the pilot participants make it clear basic income works. When decision makers turn to us and say, we don't have evidence, we don't have a basis, we do, Wynne said in Hamilton last month. So what do you think of that, Jerry? One pilot project that happened in Canada when we've had s how, how many decades and potential centuries of various pilot projects of universal basic income government handouts failing. And this is just, just 4,000 people that received $1,700, <laughs> I assume, or she said $750. The first check was $700. So let's do the math. 4,000 people got this money. Let's extrapolate to 30 million Canadians now. $2,000 a month. That would be in the first month, $60 billion in the first month. And after a year, that's going to be $720 billion out of Canada. And we expect this not to be a, 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 de a devastation to the country. For COVID relief, for compassion relief, we printed four times the size of our economy and we released 40-year high inflation. That's why we're raising interest rates. They caused the problem. Now they have the solution of raising interest rates and now they have to cut. Okay, Jerry, Jerry, before you go too far, okay? I'm already overboard, No, Jerry. no, no. <laughs> let's, let's listen to what Toronto Star had to say because maybe they've got a compelling argument True. that will make you say, you know what? Forget what I said. All right. Okay? So in October... Uh, this past year, um, Andy Tagagi in Toronto Star wrote an article, and the title was, Canada is considering a guaranteed universal basic income program. Here's what it means. The push for the basic income program gained momentum during and after the COVID-19. The Canadian Emergency Response Benefit, CERB, which paid out $2,000 a month to millions of Canadians, raised the possibility of a permanent income program. Now, I would say, ask yourself, would you have preferred to have worked for that money? Would you have preferred to not have been locked down? Because that's already being, being uh, argued that it was not worth it. Now that there's a movement within the Senate, studying basic income is a real possibility. Here's a rundown of what guaranteed basic income is, how it works, and what it might look like. Well, we know what it is, so I'm going to skip, skip forward. What is the basic income plan that Canada is looking into? How much would the basic income program cost? Okay. In 2021, the parliamentary, parliamentary budget officer estimated a guaranteed basic income program that provides nearly 17000 per year for low-income households would cut poverty rates in half, but would cost the federal government $85 billion. Was that... That was way, that's way under what you said. 85 you billion? said 85 billion. You said 700 billion. Well, they have three, 300 million receiving $2,000 a month. Oh, okay. In this case, they're in 2021, they were looking at just people who were at the poverty line. Okay. Um, has Canada tried the universal basic income before? Yes. Um, would the basic program work in Canada? If CERB or any other of the basic income pilot programs have taught us anything, it's that Canada has the administrative capacity to deliver a basic income program. 
But the government should, shouldn't just redo CERB, Mendelssohn added. The debate over basic income programs is mainly one of how best to address poverty in a sustainable way that's most effective in reaching people who need it. So this is about ending poverty by creating money out of nothing and giving it to people. Does that work? <laughs> Where have we seen this work? <clears throat> well, you said it yourself. The CERB created a massive amount of debt that we all pay for. So if we're trying to get rid of poverty, why are we doing it with the government printing money that we don't have? Wouldn't we be better? Wouldn't they be better to lower taxes? That would just make sense, you know, but remember the tax is a huge line item for their receivables for the Bank of Canada and their bank and their balance sheets. To have receivables means that they can be generous to the entire world and give $85 billion over to you country and $70 billion to you country. And we all know what's going on with the okay. money sloshing here and there. Okay, but Jennifer, who is going to Trent University, who, who was able to quit her job because she got a paycheck anyway... Uh, first of all, that shows that it takes away the motivation for people to actually work. I think the second thing it does is they it's the same thing as low-income housing. If you earn money, they charge you more. So it incentivizes you to not work, to not work. because the more you work, the less you'll get of it, right? And everybody's going to try to game the system in that sense. So we might as well just sit at home, not do anything, take in your check, go on to... Robinhood or whatever the the app is to invest in Bitcoin and uh, and there you go. On the other hand, what if the income tax was lowered and she got the seven hundred dollars anyway by other means? There was someone. There was one other thing that said. What were we talking about? That it said it it gave people. Uh, control over their lives, more of a, a social life, a, 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 well, a sense of well being. Yeah, that. That comes from the government over indebting everybody and the government overtaxing everybody and the inflation at 15%. And here's the kicker. If inflation is 10% plus now, what do you think it's going to be when they print all of this money to give to everybody, helicopter money? Where does inflation go? And if you have your $1,700 a month or $2,000 a month, how long before that's not enough money? After the first month, Jeremy, that's going to be hyperinflationary. The first month will be an absolute failure. I spoke with a gentleman from the Czech Republic just a couple weeks ago. In times of hyperinflation, which is very real, it can happen here. We would be too naive to think that it cannot happen here. It happened in Turkey, a G20 nation I mentioned last week. The most important thing is not the paper currency. You'll need a wheelbarrow. The most important thing during times of hyperinflation is where's my wheelbarrow? Because I have to fetch all of this currency to buy, buy something, buy some bread, buy necessities. To think that this is not going to destroy the, the very fabric, the currency that every asset is lying upon, be very naive to think. Inflation and hyperinflation would be around the corner. You know, Michael Burry, who had some huge um, bets this year, he walked away this year um, on the wrong side of a couple bets, but he did close off his, his Twitter account. And once again, he closed off and deactivated his Twitter account. But the last thing he said, said before leaving Twitter was stagflation. So you got to keep an eye on what that is. Look into that, what stagnation plus high inflation is, because that's what we're in, entering into for 2024 and beyond. And that just leads to higher precious metals prices. You want to protect and preserve your wealth 
from all of these atrocities that are happening before us. Open air policies. They're not doing this in hidden, in hidden territory anymore more over the Christmas holidays. No, they're doing this on the weekend, after 7 o'clock at night, prime time hours, Jeremy. This is right before our eyes. Yeah, and look, they created the poverty by raising taxes, by not allowing regulations, uh, by stifling the economy. They created the, the poverty, and now they want to be the ones who fix it. So it's a Hegelian dialectic. They create the problem, they want to fix the problem, but ultimately, in fixing the problem, they are going to destroy the country. Is that the aim? Our aim is to protect ourselves from those issues and holding real wealth, holding real money, Real assets like physical gold and silver is a way to do that because there's no counterparty risk. It's been money for thousands of years. It is a store of value. It continues to rise and keep your purchasing power in place. So it's crazy important to be able to defend against an ideologically raging government <clears throat> that is really coming after all of your wealth. Now, that should hopefully wake up some Canadians to what they need to do. But there is winning all over the world. And one of the places where we're seeing winning is in Argentina. And we've got a close eye on that. And we're going to tell you about some of the wins in the next segment of The Real Money Show. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. More to come on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. In the last segment, we were just talking about universal basic income, I think it's safe to say we are not pro-universal basic income. We would be pro-limited government, less taxation, less regulation, and give the people a chance to pull themselves out of poverty. People don't need handouts. They don't need to be spoon-fed. You want to give them a sense of, of self, a sense of pride? Let them earn money. But if you're going to take it away from people in the first place and then say, I'll tell you what, I've taken away everything, so I'll give you a handout, it means we have more control over you. It means we'll cut your, your Twitter feed or X feed if we don't like what you're saying. It is moving towards that, that Chinese version of social credit score because they'll have you. You need your independence. The government should be scared of you. You shouldn't be taking handouts from governments. And I said at the beginning of COVID, when people started taking those SERB payments, you better, you better make sure that you get interest on that because you're going to be paying twice as much for what they gave you. There is no such thing as a free lunch. And the quicker you can figure that out, the quicker you can get the government out of your life. Yep. I was born and I was raised to, to be pro-work. I was taught... At a very young age, if you do not work, you don't eat. And through work, you find self-worth. We were born to not just solve problems, but we were born to also create. And this is why I love what I do. I help solve real-world issues with the, with the implementation of real-world strategies, strategies that have been used for thousands of years, an asset that has stood the test of time. And in, in, in just in closing with this universal basic income topic, 
you know, it just reminds me of an old Indian proverb. You cannot cut off someone's nose and then offer them a rose to smell. And this is what's happening right before our eyes when they're destroying the very fabric of your life, the currency, the work, and your work equates to the money, your paycheck. But month over month, you're going to need more of that 2000 That $2,000 a month will need to be $4,000 the next month. And the next month, it will need to be eight, And it will just exponentially rise before you know it. You were saying thank you one day, you're going to be cursing that very thank you the next. So in closing, we're just going to be following universal basic income as it, you know, the, as the bill gets progressively through legislatures and we'll see this thing uh, get nailed down and, and, and crush its ugly head. And protect yourself with physical gold, physical silver. That's something that's happening. Speaking of universal, that's happening universally. <clears throat> The world is. is looking to own physical gold because there is no counterparty risk. It is money. It is a store of value. It's been money for thousands of years. And if you can't hold it, you don't own it. And countries have done this to maintain their sovereignty. You should be doing it to maintain your sovereignty. And it doesn't have to be 100% of your portfolio, but you have to start somewhere. And we recommend starting small. Build up the habit. Comfort breeds confidence. You want to start with something new don't have to feel like you have to jump into the deep end of the pool. Start with a small amount of gold or a small amount of silver, maybe a tube of silver maples. Just get that physical product in your hand and you will have that aha moment of what it means to actually own real money and what it means to be able to protect your wealth in a real, real way. But there are wins in the world. A lot of these, these forces coming at us are really to wake us up, not to make us doom out and just give up. We have to look at the wins and one place where we're seeing major wins happening and we're going to have to keep monitoring it to see how it plays out. But that's Argentina. Exactly. We have to keep an eye on this as well. You know, following a series of losses, we're talking about some wins right now, but a series of losses, losses globally, what we have noticed over the course of decades was this trend of overthrow imperialism and immediately install a central bank which is a tenet of the Karl Marx Communist Manifesto. Look that up. But what we're seeing is a reversal. And this reversal is a huge victory for the people. 18 days ago, President Javier Millet was inaugurated in Argentina. Since then, he has done these things. First, he's eliminated 12 out of the 21 cabinet posts. He fired 5,000 government employees, shrinking the government down. He ended 380,000 government regulations. He's banning woke, banning woke language in the military, uh, right to self-defense, um, legalizing homeschooling for kids. He's proposing to punish all riot organizers. The, it just goes on and on. Privatization of state-run companies. And he's opened up the Argentinian oil industry, oil, resources, moving back towards sovereignty, nationalizing a few things. And we're seeing a nationalizing of you know, the Mexican mines, a lot of things happening with physical resources. But this is the end of the central bank system. You cut off their money supply and you rest restore. After, obviously, it's not going to take, it's not going to happen overnight, Jeremy. This is a huge battle underway. Yeah, but it definitely seems that his actions are circling towards the central bank. Right. That's something he said he would want to get rid of. And it looks like the moves he's making is trying to get rid of the opposition that would ha that would stop him from doing that. So, again, let's keep monitoring what's going on in Argentina. Looks like a major win. We're seeing that type of stuff happen all over the world. Uh, Holland, 
Uh, we're seeing um, changes in Germany, changes in France. We'd like to see more changes here. We, we watch the polls here. It looks like things are changing to that common sense revolution type of idea. People are sick of it. And the reason why we like precious metals is because it's real. And when you've been hammered over the head with ideology and, and fake world and the everything bubble and money and debt, that what do you have in the bank? What is it? Can you pull it out? Could you take, if you had $100,000 in your bank account right now, or let alone more than the, than the insured $100,000, could you go to the bank and take it out? What would you be taking out? Do they have the fiat currency to give to you? If the answer is no, you have to start asking yourself, what is it in the bank? And whose who's accountability is it? Mm -hmm. Is it yours? Or does the bank have it? What happened if there was a bank holiday tomorrow? What would happen to the money? Or a bank run. There is, a, exactly. there is the bail-in clause as well. So we're starting to learn in Canada what real money is, what a currency is, how safe are digital assets? Should I have 100% in digital assets? Or do I want to undigitize my wealth as well and have a proper diversification where I have negatively correlated assets? Having something outside the system starts to feel very safe for a lot of people. If that's something that makes sense to you and sounds appropriate, give us a call. The number's one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. We'll show you how to put physical gold into your registered account, RSP, TFSA, Lira, LIF, RIF. You can also store it outside the banking system. That's how we do it in the registered accounts. Or just buy it direct and take it home. Mm -hmm. That's a private transaction. Again, the number one eight seven seven eight silver website, guildhallwealth.com. More to come on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Since this is the last show of 2023, why not end it off with a bang? So you Paul pulled, Wiseman pulled me, pulled me out of retirement. That's right. Paul Wiseman joining the Real Money Show right at the end, right at the finish line. Um, mostly, Paul, because I wanted to bring you in for our, our last segment because it's time to just quickly review 2023, but more importantly, talk about what you see for 2024. So just to get started here, tell us what you saw from the supply demand from the retailers, from the wholesalers. What were you seeing over the course of 2023? What would you say the theme was or some of the trends that you were following and experienced? Well, at the beginning of the year, uh, product was very tight. You couldn't get product. Uh, in China, for example, the prices are much higher than they are in Canada. What's being traded every day is paper, and that's what you hear on the radio or the news or, or TV. Uh, silver is a price, it's spot price. Gold is spot price, but it's paper. Um, we It's loosened up quite a lot, but in the last month, um, I'm seeing that gold has become a little tighter, um, if you look at what happened with Costco, as an example in the States, they sold uh, $100 million worth of gold, two bars per customer. That's a maximum. But the only problem is with that is if you want to sell that product, Costco is not going to be able to take it back and give you cash. 
So we will probably benefit from things like that yeah. um, because we do buy gold bars, and especially if people purchase the product from us. But it, it, had, it has loosened up a little bit. I think you're going to see gold and silver take off in the first quarter of, of next year. I'm looking at $2,300 gold. Um, silver, I think, should get to about $2,750, $28. It's You're talking in, first quarter. First quarter. It, who knows after that? I mean, it's very hard to predict. Um, you know, whether you've got, uh, you know, a new ETF coming out on cryptocurrency, uh, people think that they want to put their money in that. Um, you know, crypto is going to go to the moon. Um, physical gold and silver is the safest place to be. Um, we're seeing a lot of money has gone into gold and silver as a safe haven as the U.S. dollar this week has dropped uh, from a rate of 138, 139 um, just two, three weeks ago to one th under 132 this morning. Um, so that should actually help the economy a little bit because in Canada we don't grow pineapples and and grapefruits, we have to import that. And that's why the cost of food has been very high because the U.S. dollar has been high against, or the Canadian dollar has been high against the U.S. dollar. So at 138, you're paying right now, you were paying 6% more for that produce to come in. The wholesaler sells it to whether he sells it to Loblaws or any of the other big chains. They have to add on their markup. So, so, you know, that's affected inflation a little bit. But when the U U.S. dollar gets beaten up, and I think it's going to get beaten up a lot more than it is, it's good for gold and silver. The same time the Fed has said, well, we may cut, you know, uh, rates, interest rates. It's easy to say. It's hard to do. It's, it's easier said than done. Well, do you think they'll get to a point where they don't have a choice? Do you see that we could have a black swan event or a crisis event? We've seen them already before. We're, we seem to be leading up to that. Do you think we could see that in 2024? Well, somebody's obviously got their finger on the button because they haven't let gold and silver move up. Um, well, you know, um, gold's up, gold's up uh, well, about 13 percent this year. Silver ended up even on the year, but on a five-year basis, silver's up 55 percent. Yeah, gold's up 62. So it's hanging in there, but we're still very cheap for where where we need to be going. Well, you know, we've seen this last quarter where the economy really is with real people because some people have been redeeming their product that they've had. They need the money. They've got to pay their mortgage. Christmas was coming up. Um, you know, people are getting laid off, uh, especially in the banking industry now. There is going to be some real big layoffs. Um, and it's happening in the States. So, you know, you sneeze in the States, we catch a cold here. It's really simple. But how do, getting you, back how to do you think that would play out in the metals uh, recession? I just think gold and silver has been the safest haven for years. Um, it's an insurance policy. You know, you insure your home, you insure your car, you insure your life, but why not insure your money? So gold and silver is safe. I mean, to me, anybody that doesn't have a TFSA right now, uh, that's a tax-free savings account. You should put your money into a tax-free savings account. Probably it's over $90,000 that you can invest. This is the time when silver could, you know, jump up 50% this year. Or next year, I should say. Uh, gold, I think, won't jump up 50%, but will jump up maybe 12, 15, 13, 15% again next year. Even JP Morgan was calling for something like $2,400 $2, or $2,500. Like there's, there's big numbers being thrown out there on the metals well, now. Well, at, at $2,100 gold or we're, we're 20, 
2065 or something today. If you add 15% to that, it would be $2,400. There you go. So that's not a big jump. And, you know, the stock market has had a great run, the Santa Rally, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's been great. It's been pumped up. It's been pumped up by buybacks. It's been pumped up. Uh, you know, companies uh, that have hedge funds, it was an opportunity to push it up and, and make some and make some money. So, Paul, as we come to a close on the Real Money Show 2023, what would you like to share with the listeners for what's coming up for 2024? Well, I think the markets are really, really going to take off. Uh, on silver, for example, we have the cheapest price on our website on our e-store for silver. Um, if you want to go to one eight seven seven eight silver. You know, that's our phone number. I believe in silver, and I think silver is going to go through the roof. Um, it's a great investment. TFSA is somewhere where you should put your money anyway. Or if you want to, you've got an RSP, um, you can transfer and put gold and silver into it, a lira, a lift, any one of those things that we can do for you. Gold as well is as solid as it ever can be. It's time to invest. It's better to be one month too early than one day too late. I mean, I talk to people all the time saying, well, I'm waiting for it to drop and then I'll p make an investment. It's not going to drop. Those days are over. It can only go up. With where we are right now in the economy, it's still inflation. We're still in a recession. Nobody seems to want to admit it. You know, the emperor's got no clothes. Nobody wants to admit it. So this is the time to buy. Go to our e-store, buy silver. We have the cheapest price on the market for anybody right now. Paul, thank you so much for joining us here on The Real Money Show, your Real Money Show. Well, I don't get any time to do this, and I love doing this show. Um, so, I'm so tied up and with other things that we're doing. So come back next week. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, can, I, thank can I bring the tequila that we're invested yes, in? Okay. Yes, yes. Um, want to thank all our listeners for joining us throughout the year on The Real Money Show. We can't wait to speak to you into the year 2024 in a very exciting year for Precious Metals. This has been The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. Happy New Year, everyone. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.